chapter nine of smoke baloo by jack london this librivox recording is in the public domain the mistake of creation woe smoke yelled at the dogs throwing his weight back on the gee-pole to bring the sled to a halt what's eatin you now shorty complained they ain't no water under that footing no but look at that trail cutting out to the right smoke answered i thought nobody was wintering in this section the dogs on the moment they stopped dropped in the snow and began biting out the particles of ice from between their toes this ice had been water five minutes before the animals had broken through a skein of ice snow powdered which had hidden the spring water that oozed out of the bank and pulled on top of the three-foot winter crust of nordbeska river first i heard of anybody up the nordbeska shorty said staring at the all but obliterated track covered by two feet of snow that left the bed of the river at right angles and entered the mouth of a small stream flowing from the left mebby their hunters and pulled their freight long ago smoke scooping the light snow away with mittened hands paused to consider scooped again and again paused no he decided there's been travel both ways but the last travel was up that creek whoever they are they're there now certain there's been no travel for weeks now what's been keeping them there all the time that's what i want to know and what i want to know is where we're going to camp tonight shorty said staring disconsolately at the skyline in the southwest where the mid-afternoon twilight was darkening into night let's follow the track up the creek was smoke's suggestion there's plenty of dead timber we can camp any time sure we can camp any time but we got to travel most of the time if we ain't going to starve and we got to travel in the right direction we're going to find something up that creek smoke went on but look at the grub look at them dogs shorty cried look at oh hell all right you will have your will it won't make the trip a day longer smoke urged possibly no more than a mile longer men has died for as little as a mile shorty retorted shaking his head with lugubrious resignation come on for trouble get up you poor sorefoots you get up haw you bright haw the lead dog obeyed and the whole team strained weakly into the soft snow whoa shorty yelled it's pack trail smoke pulled his snowshoes from under the sled lashings bound them to his moccasined feet and went to the fore to press and pack the light surface for the dogs it was heavy work dogs and men had been for days on short rations and few and limited were the reserves of energy they could call upon though they followed the creek bed so pronounced was its fall that they toiled on a stiff and unrelenting upgrade the high rocky walls quickly drew near together so that their way led up the bottom of a narrow gorge the long lingering twilight blocked by the high mountains was no more than semi-darkness it's a trap shorty said the whole look of it is rotten it's a hole in the ground it's the stampin' ground of trouble smoke made no reply and for half an hour they toiled on in silence a silence that was again broken by shorty she's a-workin he grumbled she's sure a-workin and i'll tell you if you're minded to hear and listen 
go on smoke answered well she tells me plain and simple that we ain't never goin' to get out of this hole in the ground in days and days we're goin' to find trouble and be stuck in here a long time and then some does she say anything about grub smoke queried unsympathetically for we haven't grub for days and days and days and then some nope nary whisper about grub i guess we'll manage to make out but i tell you one thing smoke straight and flat i'll eat any dog in the team exceptin bright i got to draw the line on bright i just couldn't scoff him cheer up smoke girded my hunch is working overtime she tells me there'll be no dogs eaten and whether it's moose or caribou or quail on toast we'll all fatten up shorty snorted his unutterable disgust and silence obtained for another quarter of an hour there's the beginning of your trouble smoke said halting on his snowshoes and staring at an object that lay on one side of the old trail shorty left the gee-pole and joined him and together they gazed down on the body of a man beside the trail well fed said smoke look at them lips said shorty stiff as a poker said smoke lifting an arm that without moving moved the whole body pick em up and drop em and he'd break to pieces was shorty's comment the man lay on his side solidly frozen from the fact that no snow powdered him it was patent that he had lain there but a short time there was a general fall of snow three days back said shorty smoke nodded bending over the corpse twisting it half up to face them and pointing to a bullet wound in the temple he glanced to the side and tilted his head at a revolver that lay on top of the snow a hundred yards farther on they came upon a second body that lay face downward in the trail two things are pretty clear smoke said they're fat that means no famine they've not struck it rich else they wouldn't have committed suicide if they did shorty objected they certainly did there are no tracks besides their own and each is powder-burned smoke dragged the corpse to one side and with the toe of his moccasin nosed a revolver out of the snow into which it had been pressed by the body that's what did the work i told you we'd find something from the looks of it we ain't started yet now what'd two fat geezers want to kill theirselves for when we find that out we'll have found the rest of your trouble smoke answered come on it's blowing dark quite dark it was when smoke snowshoe tripped him over a body he fell across a sled on which lay another body and when he had dug the snow out of his neck and struck a match he and shorty glimpsed a third body wrapped in blankets lying beside a partially dug grave also ere the match flickered out they caught sight of half a dozen additional graves Burr shorty shivered suicide camp all fed up i reckon they're all dead no peep at that smoke was looking farther along at a dim glimmer of light and there's another light and a third one there come on let's hike no more corpses delayed them and in several minutes over a hard-packed trail they were in the camp it's a city shorty whispered there must be twenty cabins and not a dog ain't that funny and that explains it smoke whispered back excitedly it's the laura sibley outfit don't you remember came up the yukon last fall on the port townsend number six went right by dawson without stopping the steamer must have landed them at the mouth of the creek sure i remember they was mormons no vegetarians smoke grinned in the darkness they won't eat meat and they won't work dogs it's all the same i knowed they was something funny about em had the all-wise steer to the yeller that laura sibley was goin' to take em right to the spot where they'd all be millionaires yes she was there serious had visions and that sort of stuff i thought they went up the norden's jold huh listen to that 
geordie's hand in the darkness went out warningly to smoke's chest and together they listened to a groan deep and long-drawn that came from one of the cabins ere it could die away it was taken up by another cabin and another a vast suspiration of human misery the effect was monstrous and nightmarish burr shorty shivered it's gettin me goin let's break in and find what's eatin em smoke knocked at a lighted cabin and was followed in by shorty in answer to the come in of the voice they heard groaning it was a simple log cabin the walls moss chinked the earth floor covered with sawdust and shavings the light was a kerosene lamp and they could make out four bunks three of which were occupied by men who ceased from groaning in order to stare what's the matter smoke demanded of one whose blankets could not hide his broad shoulders and massively muscled body whose eyes were pain-racked and whose cheeks were hollow smallpox what is it in reply the man pointed at his mouth spreading black and swollen lips in the effort and smoke recoiled at the sight scurvy he muttered to shorty and the man confirmed the diagnosis with a nod of the head plenty of grub shorty asked yep was the answer from a man in another bunk help yourself there's slathers of it the cabin next on the other side is empty cash is right alongside wade into it in every cabin they visited that night they found a similar situation scurvy had smitten the whole camp a dozen women were in the party though the two men did not see all of them originally there had been ninety-three men and women but ten had died and two had recently disappeared smoke told of finding the two and expressed surprise that none had gone that short distance down the trail to find out for themselves what particularly struck him and shorty was the helplessness of these people their cabins were littered and dirty the dishes stood unwashed on the rough plank tables there was no mutual aid a cabin's troubles were its own troubles and already they had ceased from the exertion of burying their dead it's almost weird smoke confided to shorty i've met shirkers and loafers but i never met so many all at one time you heard what they said they've never done a tap i'll bet they haven't washed their own faces no wonder they got scurvy but vegetarians hadn't ought to get scurvy shorty contended it's the salt meat eaters that's supposed to fall for it and they don't eat meat salt or fresh raw or cooked or any other way smoke shook his head i know and it's vegetable diet that cures scurvy no drugs will do it vegetables especially potatoes are the only dope but don't forget one thing shorty we are not up against a theory but a condition the fact is these grass eaters have all got scurvy must be contagious no that the doctors do know scurvy is not a germ disease it can't be caught it's generated as near as i can get it it's due to an impoverished condition of the blood its cause is not something they've got but something they haven't got a man gets scurvy for lack of certain chemicals in his blood and those chemicals don't come out of powders and bottles but do come out of vegetables and these people eats nothing but grass shorty groaned and they've got it up to their ears that proves you're all wrong smoke you're spilin a theory but this condition sure knocks the spots out o your theory scurvy's catchin and that's why they've all got it and rotten bad at that you and me'll get it too if we hang around this diggin burr i can feel the bugs crawlin into my system right now smoke laughed sceptically and knocked on a cabin door i suppose we'll find the same old thing he said come on we've got to get a line on the situation what do you want came a woman's sharp voice we want to see you smoke answered who are you two doctors from dawson shorty blurted in with a levity that brought a punch in the short ribs from smoke's elbow don't want to see any doctors the woman said 
in tones crisp and staccato with pain and irritation go away good-night we don't believe in doctors smoke pulled the latch shoved the door open and entered turning up the low-flamed kerosene lamp so that he could see in four bunks four women ceased from groaning and sighing to stare at the intruders two were young thin-faced creatures the third was an elderly and very stout woman and the fourth the one whom smoke identified by her voice was the thinnest frailest specimen of the human race he had ever seen as he quickly learned she was laura sibley the serious and professional clairvoyant who had organized the expedition in los angeles and led it to this death camp on the nord beska the conversation that ensued was acrimonious laura sibley did not believe in doctors also to add to her purgatory she had well nigh ceased to believe in herself why didn't you send out for help smoke asked when she paused breathless and exhausted from her initial tirade there's a camp at stewart river and eighteen days travel would fetch dawson from here why didn't amos wentworth go she demanded with a wrath that bordered on hysteria don't know the gentleman smoke counted what's he been doing nothing except that he's the only one that hasn't caught the scurvy and why hasn't he caught the scurvy i'll tell you no i won't the thin lips compressed so tightly that through the emaciated transparency of them smoke was almost convinced he could see the teeth and the roots of the teeth and what would have been the use don't i know i'm not a fool our cashes are filled with every kind of fruit juice and preserved vegetables we are better situated than any other camp in alaska to fight scurvy there is no prepared vegetable fruit and nut food we haven't and in plenty she's got you there smoke shorty exalted and it's a condition not a theory you say vegetable cures here's the vegetables and where's the cure there's no explanation i can see smoke acknowledged yet there is no camp in alaska like this i've seen scurvy a sprinkling of cases here and there but i never saw a whole camp with it nor did i ever see such terrible cases which is neither here nor there shorty we've got to do what we can for these people but first we've got to make camp and take care of the dogs we'll see you in the morning or mrs sibley miss sibley she bridled and now young man if you come fooling around this cabin with any doctor stuff i'll fill you full of bird shot this divine cirrus is a sweet one smoke chuckled as he and shorty felt their way back through the darkness to the empty cabin next to the one they had first entered it was evident that two men had lived until recently in the cabin and the partners wondered if they weren't the two suicides down the trail together they overhauled the cache and found it filled with an undreamed-of variety of canned powdered dried evaporated condensed and desiccated foods what in the name of reason do they want to go and get scurvy for shorty demanded brandishing to the light packages of egg powder and italian mushrooms and look at that and that he tossed out cans of tomatoes and corn and bottles of stuffed olives and the divine steerus got the scurvy too what do you make of it cirrus smoke corrected steerus shorty reiterated didn't she steer em here to this hole in the ground next morning after daylight smoke encountered a man carrying a heavy sled load of firewood he was a little man clean-looking and spry who walked briskly despite the load smoke experienced an immediate dislike what's the matter with you he asked nothing the little man answered i know that smoke said that's why i asked you you're amos wentworth now why under the sun haven't you the scurvy like all the rest because i've exercised came the quick reply there wasn't any need for any of them to get it if they'd only got out and done something what did they do growled and kicked and grouched at the cold the long nights the hardships the aches and pains and everything else they loafed in their beds until they swelled up and couldn't leave them that's all look at me i've worked come into my cabin 
smoke followed him in squint around clean as a whistle eh you bet everything shipshape i wouldn't keep those chips and shavings on the floor except for the warmth but they're clean chips and shavings you ought to see the floor in some of the shacks pig pens as for me i haven't eaten a meal often unwashed dish no sir it meant work and i've worked and i haven't the scurvy you can put that in your pipe and smoke it you've hit the nail on the head smoke admitted but i see you've only one bunk why so unsociable because i like to be it's easier to clean up for one than two that's why the lazy blanket loafers do you think that i could have stood one around no wonder they've got scurvy it was very convincing but smoke could not rid himself of his dislike of the man what's laura sibley got it in for you for he asked abruptly amos wentworth shot a quick look at him she's a crank was the reply so are we all cranks for that matter but heaven save me from the crank that won't wash the dishes that he eats off of and that's what this crowd of cranks are like a few minutes later smoke was talking with laura sibley supported by a stick in either hand she had paused in hobbling by his cabin what have you got it in for wentworth for he asked apropos of nothing in the conversation and with a suddenness that caught her off her guard her green eyes flashed bitterly her emaciated face for the second was convulsed with rage and her sore lips writhed on the verge of unconsidered speech but only a splutter of gasping unintelligible sounds issued forth and then by a terrible effort she controlled herself because he's healthy she panted because he hasn't the scurvy because he is supremely selfish because he won't lift a hand to help anybody else because he'd let us rot and die as he is letting us rot and die without lifting a finger to fetch us a pail of water or a load of firewood that's the kind of a brute he is but let him beware that's all let him beware still panting and gasping she hobbled on her way and five minutes afterward coming out of the cabin to feed the dog smoke saw her entering amos wentworth's cabin something rotten here shorty something rotten he said shaking his head ominously as his partner came to the door to empty a pan of dish-water sure was the cheerful rejoinder and you and me'll be catchin it yet you'll see i don't mean the scurvy oh sure if you mean the divine steeress she'd rob a corpse she's the hungriest looking female i ever seen exercise has kept you and me in condition shorty it's kept wentworth in condition you see what lack of exercise has done for the rest now it's up to us to prescribe exercise for these hospital wrecks it will be your job to see that they get it i appoint you chief nurse what me shorty shouted i resign no you don't i'll be able assistant because it isn't going to be any soft snap we've got to make them hustle first thing they'll have to bury their dead the strongest for the burial squad then the next strongest on the firewood squad they've been lying in their blankets to save wood and so on down the line and spruce tea mustn't forget that all the sourdoughs swear by it these people have never even heard of it we sure got arn cut out for us shorty grinned first thing we know we'll be full of lead and that's our first job smoke said come on in the next hour each of the twenty-odd cabins was raided all ammunition and every rifle shotgun and revolver was confiscated come on you invalids was shorty's method shootin irons fork em over we need em who says so was the query at the first cabin two doctors from dawson was shorty's answer and what they say goes come on shell out the ammunition too what do you want them for to stand off a war party of canned beef comin down the canyon and i'm givin you fair warnin of a spruce tea invasion come across and this was only the beginning of the day men were persuaded coaxed bullied or dragged by main strength from their bunks and forced to dress smoke selected the mildest cases for the burial squad another squad was told off to supply the wood by which the graves were burned down into the frozen muck and gravel 
still another squad had to chop firewood and impartially supply every cabin those who were too weak for outdoor work were put to cleaning and scrubbing the cabins and washing clothes one squad brought in many loads of spruce boughs and every stove was used for the brewing of spruce tea but no matter what face smoke and shorty put on it the situation was grim and serious at least thirty fearful and impossible cases could not be taken from the beds as the two men with nausea and horror learned while one a woman died in laura sibley's cabin yet strong measures were necessary i don't like to wallop a sick man shorty explained his fist doubled menacingly but i'd wallop his block off if it'd make him well and what all you lazy bums needs is a wallopin come on out of that and into them duds of yourn double quick or i'll sure muss up the front of your face all the gangs groaned and sighed and wept the tears streaming and freezing down their cheeks as they toiled and it was patent that their agony was real the situation was desperate and smoke's prescription was heroic when the work gangs came in at noon they found decently cooked dinners awaiting them prepared by the weaker members of their cabins under the tutelage and drive of smoke and shorty that'll do smoke said at three in the afternoon knock off go to your bunks you may be feeling rotten now but you'll be the better for it to-morrow of course it hurts to get well but i'm going to get you well too late amos wentworth sneered pallidly at smoke's efforts they ought to have started in that way last fall come along with me smoke answered pick up those two pails you're not ailing from cabin to cabin the three men went dosing every man and woman with a full pint of spruce tea nor was it easy you might as well learn at the start that we mean business smoke stated to the first obdurate who lay on his back groaning through his set teeth stand by shorty smoke caught the patient by the nose and tapped the solar plexus section so as to make the mouth gasp open now shorty down she goes and down it went accompanied with unavoidable splutterings and stranglings next time you'll take it easier smoke assured the victim reaching for the nose of the man in the adjoining bunk i'd sooner take castor oil was shorty's private confidence ere he downed his own portion great jumpin Methuselah was his entirely public proclamation the moment after he had swallowed the bitter dose it's a pint long but hogshead strong we're covering this spruce tea root four times a day and there are eighty of you to be dosed each time smoke informed laura sibley so we've no time to fool will you take it or must i hold your nose his thumb and forefinger hovered eloquently above her it's vegetable so you needn't have any qualms qualms shorty snorted no sure certainly not it's the deliciousest dope laura sibley hesitated she gulped her apprehension well smoke demanded peremptorily i'll i'll take it she quavered hurry up that night exhausted as by no hard day of trail smoke and shorty crawled into their blankets i'm fairly sick with it smoke confessed the way they suffer is awful but exercise is the only remedy i can think of and it must be given a thorough trial i wish we had a sack of raw potatoes sparkins he can't wash no more dishes shorty said it hurts him so he sweats his pain i seen him sweat it i had to put him back in the bunk he was that helpless if only we had raw potatoes smoke went on the vital essential something is missing from that prepared stuff the life has been evaporated out of it and if that young fellow jones in the brownlow cabin don't croak before morning i miss my guess for heaven's sake be cheerful smoke chided we got to bury him ain't we came the indignant snort i tell you that boy's something awful shut up smoke said and after several more indignant snorts the heavy breathing of sleep arose from shorty's bunk in the morning not only was jones dead but one of the stronger men who had worked on the firewood squad was found to have hanged himself 
a nightmare procession of days set in for a week steeling himself to the task smoke enforced the exercise and the spruce tea and one by one and in twos and threes he was compelled to knock off the workers as he was learning exercise was the last thing in the world for scurvy patients the diminishing burial squad was kept steadily at work and a surplus half-dozen graves were always burned down and waiting you couldn't have selected a worse place for a camp smoke told laura sibley look at it at the bottom of a narrow gorge running east and west the noon sun doesn't rise above the top of the wall you can't have had sunlight for several months but how was i to know he shrugged his shoulders i don't see why not if you could lead a hundred fools to a gold mine she glared malevolently at him and hobbled on several minutes afterward coming back from a trip to where a squad of groaning patients was gathering spruce boughs smoke saw the cirrus entering amos wentworth's cabin and followed after her at the door he could hear her voice whimpering and pleading just for me she was begging as smoke entered i won't tell a soul both glanced guiltily at the intruder and smoke was certain that he was on the edge of something he knew not what and he cursed himself for not having eaves dropped out with it he commanded harshly what is it what is what amos wentworth asked sullenly and smoke could not name what was what grimmer and grimmer grew the situation in that dark hole of a canyon where sunlight never penetrated the horrible deathless mounted up each day in apprehension smoke and shorty examined each other's mouths for the whitening of the gums and mucous membranes the invariable first symptom of the disease i've quit shorty announced one evening i've been thinking it over and i quit i can make a go at slave driving but crippled driving's too much for my stomach they go from bad to worse they ain't twenty men i can drive to work i told jackson this afternoon he could take to his bunk he was getting ready to suicide i could see it sticking out all over him exercise ain't no good i've made up my mind to the same thing smoke answered we'll knock off all but about a dozen they'll have to lend a hand we can relay them and we'll keep up the spruce tea it ain't no good i'm about ready to agree with that too but at any rate it doesn't hurt them another suicide was shorty's news the following morning that phillips is the one i seen it coming for days we're up against the real thing smoke groaned what would you suggest shorty who me i ain't got no suggestions the thing's got to run its course but that means they'll all die smoke protested except wentworth shorty snarled for he had quickly come to share his partner's dislike for that individual the everlasting miracle of wentworth's immunity perplexed smoke why should he alone not have developed scurvy why did laura sibley hate him and at the same time whine and snivel and beg from him what was it she begged from him and that he would not give on several occasions smoke made it a point to drop into wentworth's cabin at mealtime but one thing did he note that was suspicion that and that was wentworth's suspicion of him next he tried sanding out laura sibley raw potatoes will cure everybody here he remarked to the seeress i know it i've seen it work before the flare of conviction in her eyes followed by bitterness and hatred told him the scent was warm why didn't you bring in a supply of fresh potatoes on the steamer he asked we did but coming up the river we sold them all out at a bargain at fort yukon we had plenty of the evaporated kinds and we knew they'd keep better they wouldn't even freeze smoke groaned and you sold them all he asked yes how were we to know now mightn't there have been a couple of odd sacks left accidentally you know mislaid on the steamer she shook her head as he thought a trifle belatedly then added we never found any but mightn't there he persisted how do i know she rasped angrily i didn't have charge of the commissary 
and amos wentworth did he jumped to the conclusion very good now what is your private opinion just between us two do you think wentworth has any raw potatoes stored away somewhere no certainly not why should he why shouldn't he she shrugged her shoulders struggle as he would with her smoke could not bring her to admit the possibility wentworth's a swine was shorty's verdict when smoke told his suspicions and so is laura sibley smoke added she believes he has the potatoes and is keeping it quiet and trying to get him to share with her and he won't come across eh shorty cursed frail human nature with one of his best flights and caught his breath they both got their feet in the trough may god rot them dead with scurvy for their reward that's all i got to say except i'm going right up now and knock wentworth's block off but smoke stood out for diplomacy that night when the camp groaned and slept or groaned and did not sleep he went to wentworth's unlighted cabin listen to me wentworth he said i've got a thousand dollars in dust right here in this sack i'm a rich man in this country and i can afford it i think i'm getting touched put a raw potato in my hand and the dust is yours here heft it and smoke thrilled when amos wentworth put out his hand in the darkness and hefted the gold smoke heard him fumble in the blankets and then felt pressed into his hand not the heavy gold sack but the unmistakable potato the size of a hen's egg warm from contact with the other's body smoke did not wait till morning he and shorty were expecting at any time the deaths of their worst two cases and to this cabin the partners went grated and mashed up in a cup skin and clinging specks of the earth and all was the thousand-dollar potato a thick fluid that they fed several drops at a time into the frightful orifices that had once been mouths shift by shift through the long night smoke and shorty relieved each other at administering the potato juice rubbing it into the poor swollen gums where loose teeth rattled together and compelling the swallowing of every drop of the precious elixir by evening of the next day the change for the better in the two patients was miraculous and almost unbelievable they were no longer the worst cases in forty-eight hours with the exhaustion of the potato they were temporarily out of danger though far from being cured i'll tell you what i'll do smoke said to wentworth i've got holdings in this country and my paper is good anywhere i'll give you five hundred dollars a potato up to fifty thousand dollars worth that's one hundred potatoes was that all the dust you had wentworth queried shorty and i scraped up all we had but straight he and i are worth several millions between us i haven't any potatoes wentworth said finally wish i had that potato i gave you was the only one i'd been saving it all the winter for fear i'd get the scurvy i only sold it so as to be able to buy a passage out of the country when the river opens despite the cessation of potato juice the two treated cases continued to improve through the third day the untreated cases went from bad to worse on the fourth morning three horrible corpses were buried shorty went through the ordeal then turned to smoke you've tried your way now it's me for mine he headed straight for wentworth's cabin what occurred there shorty never told he emerged with knuckles skinned and bruised and not only did wentworth's face bear all the marks of a bad beating but for a long time he carried his head twisted and sidling on a stiff neck this phenomenon was accounted for by a row of forefinger marks black and blue on one side of the windpipe and by a single black and blue mark on the other side next smoke and shorty together invaded wentworth's cabin throwing him out in the snow while they turned the interior upside down laura sibley hobbled in and frantically joined them in the search you don't get none old girl not if we find a ton shorty assured her but she was no more disappointed than they though the very floor was dug up they discovered nothing i'm for roasting him over a slow fire and make him cough up shorty proposed earnestly 
smoke shook his head reluctantly it's murder shorty held on he's murderin all them poor geezers just as much as if he knocked their brains out with an axe only worse another day passed during which they kept a steady watch on wentworth's movements several times when he started out water bucket in hand for the creek they casually approached the cabin and each time he hurried back without the water they're cached right there in his cabin shorty said as sure as god made little apples they are but where we sure overhauled it plenty he stood up and pulled on his mittens i'm going to find him if i have to pull the blame shack down a log at a time he glanced at smoke who with an intent absent face had not heard him what's eating you shorty demanded wrathfully don't tell me you've gone and got the scurvy just trying to remember something shorty what i don't know that's the trouble but it has a bearing if only i could remember it now you look here smoke don't you go and get bug house shorty pleaded think of me let your think slats rip come on and help me pull that shack down i'd set her afire if it wa'n't for roastin them spuds that's it smoke exploded as he sprang to his feet just what i was trying to remember where's that kerosene can i'm with you shorty the potatoes are ours what's the game watch me that's all smoke baffled i always told you shorty that a deficient acquaintance with literature was a handicap even in the klondike now what we're going to do came out of a book i read it when i was a kid and it will work come on several minutes later under a pale gleaming greenish aurora borealis the two men crept up to amos wentworth's cabin carefully and noiselessly they poured kerosene over the logs extra drenching the door-frame and window-sash then the match was applied and they watched the flaming oil gather headway they drew back beyond the growing light and waited they saw wentworth rush out stare wildly at the conflagration and plunge back into the cabin scarcely a minute elapsed when he emerged this time slowly half doubled over his shoulders burdened by a sack heavy and unmistakable smoke and shorty sprang at him like a pair of famished wolves they hit him right and left at the same instant he crumpled down under the weight of the sack which smoke pressed over with his hands to make sure then he felt his knees clasped by wentworth's arms as the man turned a ghastly face upward give me a dozen only a dozen half a dozen and you can have the rest he squalled he bared his teeth and with mad rage half inclined his head to bite smoke's leg then he changed his mind and fell to pleading just half a dozen he wailed just half a dozen i was going to turn them over to you to-morrow yes to-morrow that was my idea their life their life just half a dozen where's the other sack smoke bluffed i ate it up was the reply unimpeachably honest that sack's all that's left give me a few you can have the rest ate em up shorty screamed a whole sack and them geezers dying for one of em this for you and this and this and this you swine you hog the first kick tore wentworth away from his embrace of smoke's knees the second kick turned him over in the snow but shorty went on kicking watch out for your toes was smoke's only interference sure i'm using the heel shorty answered watch me i'll cave his ribs in i'll kick his jaw off take that and that wished i could give you the boot instead of the moccasin you swine there was no sleep in camp that night hour after hour smoke and shorty went the rounds doling the life-renewing potato juice a quarter of a spoonful at a dose into the poor ruined mouths of the population and through the following day while one slept the other kept up the work there were no more deaths the most awful cases began to mend with an immediacy that was startling by the third day men who had not been off their backs for weeks crawled out of their bunks and tottered around on crutches and on that day the sun two months then on its journey into northern declination peeped cheerfully over the crest of the canyon for the first time 
nary a potato shorty told the whining begging wentworth you ain't even touched with scurvy you got outside a whole sack and you're loadin against scurvy for twenty years knowin you i've come to understand god i always wonder why he let satan live now i know he let him live just as i let you live but it's a cryin shame just the same a word of advice smoke told wentworth these men are getting well fast shorty and i are leaving in a week and there'll be nobody to protect you when these men go after you there's the trail dawson's eighteen days travel pull your freight amos shorty supplemented or what i done to you won't be a circumstance to what them convalescents'll do to you gentlemen i beg of you listen to me wentworth whined i'm a stranger in this country i don't know its ways i don't know the trail let me travel with you i'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll let me travel with you sure smoke grinned maliciously if shorty agrees who me shorty stiffened for a supreme effort ain't nobody wid ticks ain't got nothin on me when it comes to humility i'm a worm a maggot brother to the pollywog and child of the blowfly i ain't afraid or ashamed of nothin that creeps or crawls or stinks but travel with that mistake of creation go way man i ain't proud but you turn my stomach and amos wentworth went away alone dragging a sled loaded with provisions sufficient to last him to dawson a mile down the trail shorty overhauled him come here to me was shorty's greeting come across fork over cough up i don't understand wentworth quavered shivering from recollection of the two beatings hand and foot he had already received from shorty that thousand dollars do you understand that that thousand dollars gold smoke bought that measly potato with come through and amos wentworth passed the gold sack over hope i skunk bites you and you get howlin hydrophoby were the terms of shorty's farewell End of chapter 9